If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. Welcome to the Game Dumpcast, part of the Barker Podcast Collection. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by Ian Bruce and Patrick Kay. This week, we're going to be talking about some of the games we've been playing. But first, I just want to let you know you can contact us on email at gamedumpcast at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at gamedumpcast, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash gamedumpcast, or give us a five-star rating on iTunes. So first, Patrick, you've been playing Beyond Two Souls, right? I have, and I, I loved it. I really loved it. Um, definitely not one for, for everyone. Um, if you if you hated heavy rain, you're you're probably not going to get too excited about this one. Didn't um, hate it. I I I liked heavy rain. I there were parts of it that that I did think kind of dragged a little, um, and and the control scheme I don't think was was as as well implemented as it is in in Beyond Two Souls. It, it's way more intuitive now, and it it does feel more like you're playing a game rather than a, a really long cutscene. When I played Heavy Rain, I played it with the PlayStation Move controllers. Ah, I didn't. I played it standard. Ah, right. Um, well, how did, how did you find it with the with the, the Move controllers? It was a completely unique experience. I I actually demoed it at a Eurogamer Expo a few years ago. Right. Um, and I played it with the Move controllers, and it was just cool because like there were bits when you know when you're in the car and you're trying to find the keys and that, and you'd end up like I'd find myself completely contorted. Um, of course, the downside of the PlayStation Move, um, if you own a dog, is that um, basically you just constantly get attacked. <laughs> the dog wanting to get the blue cone or yeah. the red cone. Uh, so not entirely practical when animals are around. But um, no, uh, it was it was an interesting experience. Um, but I don't know if it really enhanced the actual game. It was it was just a novel thing. I think I rented the game actually. Uh, just because I'd heard it wasn't very long, but I think the kind of novelty control scheme with this one is actually um, the, you can use an iPhone or an iPad, or <laughs> right. I think you can use Android as well. But um, I, I actually tried that out because you can play with a, a second person, so you can have a second person can, t- can t- take control um, throughout the game, or you can you can actually play the whole game on your iPhone if you like, um, which I didn't do. But um, yeah, it's it's it's. A, Amazing looking game. The it's got the best motion capture that I've I've ever seen implemented. Like, which seems like a kind of kind of just a shallow aesthetic thing, but it, it really I did think it added some weight to uh, to the characters in the game. Um, there was just kind of subtle kind of emotional cues that were being picked up um, that I think I just they just worked so well, and I think it meant it cut out the the need for so much kind of cluttered dialogue that may necessarily not needed to be there. So uh, yeah, I, it, it, it was a great looking game. The, some of the, the scenes 
were just like visually breathtaking as well. And it did it did a great job of kind of transporting you like very quickly to to these different environments. So you, you never kind of got bored of of of, of one one place. It also, um, it, it's it's kind of non non linear as well. It, it, it constantly skipped between. Uh, Jody, who's who's um, um, who's Ellen Page's character, between her when she's kind of like she's I think she's eight years old, and then she's a, a teenager, and then she's like a young adult, and it skips back and forth all the way throughout the game, uh, which was really kind of interesting because you've got a character who's who's dealing with something at the start which she doesn't fully understand, and it, it's it's something of a curse and. Later on, she becomes kind of more comfortable with the fact that she's she's tied to this this entity, which is what the, the whole game is about. Um, yeah, you can go through walls and stuff with this Iden. Yeah, um, character. You can uh, at many points in the game change control over to Iden, um, who is this silent spirit or ghost or whatever. And he, yeah, he can he can sort of move through walls. He can move he can move objects. He can there's a certain amount of kind of puzzle solving. And he like the interesting thing about Aiden, I thought, was that you kind of spend most of the game trying to work out whether he's malevolent or benevolent. And you don't really know until very late on in the game like a definite answer on that, which I thought was really kind of interesting. So when you when you move to the Aiden character. Aiden's character, like early on, um, it, it does feel quite sinister in this kind of spooky, voyeuristic way, and y- you really don't know if if this 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 kind of important main character is is really helping uh, Jody or or if or if, if if he is a curse, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's really interesting. Like um, having having actual actors in it um, instead of just voice actors, I I just think. Really amped up the, the kind of the the emotional engagement, like from from all of the characters. I I I think that's really what it was all about. the The story was was cool. It, it was maybe not the most kind of original, or it it didn't really surprise in in too many areas. That's probably probably the only criticism I've got of it. There was no kind of very obvious twists that that you that you may see utilized in in other in other stories of, of in computer games, but did you finish it? Yeah, I finished it within a couple of days. Um, but yeah, you you definitely kind of feel connected to the the characters, um, which is I think the main 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 goal of it. And I think they they achieved that really well, uh, and the soundtrack as well was amazing. Um, it's by uh, uh, Lonnie Lorna Balf, I think is I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, and produced by Hans Zimmer. Uh, yeah, it was, it was in, yeah incredibly good soundtrack, and again uh, moved away from some of the kind of usual tricks of the the trade with 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 game soundtracks. There wasn't much in the way of like recurring themes. Uh, I think they they purposefully avoided that. Um, so y- it, it it really did feel like the music was reactive to every single scene, which is which is brilliant. When when you're when you're basically making a game which is halfway between a game and, and a film, that is that's that's perfect in terms of soundtrack. But yeah, like like I say, it's it's, it's not going to be for everyone. But I I think the best games never are for everyone. Would, um, would you say that if you if you'd enjoyed most of Heavy Rain, you would enjoy this? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, there were certain parts of Heavy Rain that I just thought. I I'm not going to go any further with this. Right. And I, I did carry I did carry on with them like the baby mm. stuff and just 
some of the stuff where you're just aimlessly Jason. <coughs> Jason. Yeah, for fuck's sake, just let him go, Christ. Jason. Um, <coughs> yeah, that kind. Of, I mean, that's those are key plot points, but there are other bits where you just think this is just because they can. Yeah, and I don't think maybe I don't I don't think all of the characters were as well drawn in in Heavy Rain as they were in in Beyond. Um, right. Like I thought uh, I thought um, Ellen Page's character uh, Jodie was was awesome, like a real kind of cool and unique female protagonist who like she's constantly you're constantly going between stages where she's sort of vulnerable um, to being completely kick-ass and and she's never she's never a stereotype you know they've obviously avoided the kind of big boobs and tank top thing that, that, that is that you know is, is often the case with you know female protagonists in computer games or female characters in computer games and yeah they just made her a really kind of interesting cool character does it have uh branching paths like Heavy Rain It does, say. yes. Um, and one thing I, 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 I'd say it, it differed from Heavy Rain in that is when you made a decision in Heavy Rain or or you failed to, to button mash <laughs> quick enough, um, you did feel like you, you, you've, you've, missed, you've missed something and, and a path has definitely been chosen. It seemed more seamless in, in this game. You know, it, it, it kind of felt like you... It didn't feel so much like I, 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 oh, I've missed that path now. It, it just kind of felt like it was, it was moving along at the right pace. It's your um, story. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I think in a few months I'll ask some more questions about the ending, perhaps when more people have gone through it. Yeah. So there were certainly things about the ending of Heavy Rain that grated a little. Well, there's multiple endings. I think there was some Heavy Rain as well, wasn't there? But. Oh, you could do a whole podcast about what happened in that game. Yeah. You could do the ending with different characters and different parts of the ending. Yeah, although it was a long time ago. I don't remember exactly what happened, but most of it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend that game. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. Cool. Okay, uh, moving on then. I'm going to talk about a game that I haven't been playing at the moment, but I played a few weeks back called Shadowrun Returns. It's a isometric RPG that was made by Hairbrain Schemes uh, and the help of Kickstarter backers, uh, of which I am one of. Um, so yeah, I, I followed this game uh, quite closely, um, getting all the updates and stuff as it came out. Um, it's basically based on a, on a pen and paper RPG that I played years and years ago. It's kind of... Uh, your, your standard fantasy setup with your elves and your dwarves and your trolls and all that, but it's in a Blade Runner sort of setting. Uh, the idea is that, like in the future, the world has awoken and all these other creatures have come back into the world. There's dragons and stuff, you know. They're like these shady figures, and it's, so it's, it's like D&D and cyberpunk sort of. Yeah, crossover. basically. But it's all viewed from this kind of, you know, old school isometric perspective. But sounds like it could be a, a good um, fit for the the cast AR then, possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could you could do that in a board game type way, definitely. Well, you could play the the pen and paper game with miniatures, basically, if you mm. wanted to do something like that. But no, um, the 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 initial pitch for the game was that. Uh, it would come with all the mod tools so that people could make their own adventures, and they have. Uh, I haven't played any of the uh, user-made uh, adventures, but they're, they're all up on the Steam Workshop to download. I think the game itself is about £15, and then after that you can 
you know, uh, all the rest of it's free. And also, I think if you paid enough in the Kickstarter campaign, you'll get the because it comes with a uh, Seattle campaign out of the box, but they're they're now making an an additional uh, campaign set in Berlin, and uh, if you are a Kickstarter backer, then you're going to get that for free. Uh, I think they're going to release it as DLC otherwise. But yeah, so so although I've I played the game a little while ago, I'm far from done with it yet. You know, there's another whole half of the game coming. But yeah, I haven't got into like making my own adventures. I'll I'll leave that to the pros. <laughs> do you think no. it would work as a multiplayer? I noticed that it is single player only. But do you, do you think this, if they did a sequel, it would work with co-op? Absolutely, elements? absolutely. Well, I mean, you're talking to someone who who uh, over the course of a weekend uh, land their way through Icewind Dale. Uh, with uh, a couple of friends of the show, um, but that was a long time ago, and it was it, it did require an awful lot of patience. In that it was like you know, take your turn, pause the game, everyone taking their turn. Okay, unpause the game, see what happens. Um, with this though, it's actually turn-based, so you don't really have to mess about like that. Um, and they did multiplayer in XCOM, although that was that's like the closest thing I can think of is XCOM Enemy Unknown. They did like a versus mode, uh, which I, Matt played, but apparently, I think they tried to jump straight into that without any knowledge of the single-player game, and they got owned. But anyway, a game like Shadowrun, yeah, I, I think it could work. The only thing is, is that um, a lot of the game is is very story-led, so it would be very slow on that front. You know, picking your dialogue choices. There's also an element to it where when you go out on some of the missions, you have to like recruit your Shadowrun team. Uh, so you kind of you've got like X amount of money, and at one point in the game, I actually, I I, I went to uh, I, there's like a place in your in your HQ as it were uh, in the basement. There's all these stations where you can talk to people and 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 upgrade your gear in various ways. Um, and I just got kind of <laughs> a little bit uh, interested in all the cyberware you could like jack into yourself. And I spent about five thousand whatever the currency is, I forget. Um, I spent about 5,000 creds or whatever on that and had no money for a team. So uh, I had to do the whole but mission. like good. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was able to do it with just a team of two, but yeah, I, in retrospect. The other thing that's annoying about the game, um, speaking of that, is that uh, the save system is really antiquated in that the map loads up that you're about to play on and it saves the game there. Uh, you have one save, um, you can backtrack to an earlier save, but basically once you're on that map, you cannot save in the middle of it. So you're basically, you either so stop you, you playing have, then... You have to play all of it through, or your, you have to start it all again anyway. Yeah, you'll lose all your progress. And that was apparently a concession based on the amount of money they got. That's old school. Yeah. But so it's that, very it's old not, school. It's not a deliberate... Game design, then it's just. Mm, I think it was just something they they didn't anticipate and got so far along. It, it, it's just a flaw in the design of the game, I think. But um, they 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 saying um, as well as working on the Berlin campaign, they're talking about patching in a fix for that. Um, but they're still investigating it and they're not promising anything. Um, but I mean, I in the end, to me, it didn't bother me that much. In, in fact, it kind of added a, an element of tension to some of the, uh, some of the choices you make in, in the turns of the combat. You know, you, you, you know if you mess this up, you're going to have to do it all again. 
So uh, I didn't mind that too much. Um, I, I, the campaign took me about 20 hours or so. I really enjoyed it. It also, um, I, I don't know how much you guys know about the, the, the game itself that it's based on, but a lot of it takes place in like in virtual reality. And um, <laughs> so in cyberspace, so you have like these Decker characters that hack into uh, to cyberspace and they go off in there and they can raise their programs and, and they're doing their whole little... Um, they're doing like a whole adventure there on their own in cyberspace, and then when it gets to the turn of, of your other guys that are in the real world, you're back in back in the real world. Um, so that's kind of cool. There's mm. there was one mission in particular I remember quite well where you've got the decker at, at the computer at the end of this office, and then there's like um, you hear like security saying you know that they're on their way, and they're pouring through two entrances that you have to basically cover. Um, and I had a mage guy that was sort of doing buffs and support spells and laying down traps at each door. And I've got the other two guys like railing on machine guns, like stopping all these guys coming in this office. Meanwhile, like Decker guy, he's in cyberspace, like doing his own thing. So um, yeah, it was it was a pretty decent game actually. Uh, quite challenging towards the end. And I loved XCOM, so when I heard about them doing the combat <clears throat> turn-based, like I love that. Do you think you'll go back to it and play some of the user missions? Uh, I don't. I probably won't, just because there's too many games to play. But I'll definitely be going back for the Berlin campaign. Cool. Cool. When multiplayer comes out, I think. Yeah, it would. It would be fun with multiplayer. But I think they are. They have emphasised that it's a storytelling engine and uh, with turn-based combat. So I think you'd need a lot of patience to play that multiplayer. Yeah. The right kind of uh, co-op partner, you know. Hmm. Okay, uh, so yeah, moving on, Ian, you've been playing the early access of State of Decay, right? I have. Uh, I only got it about a week ago, just on a whim. There's been a bit of griping about it on the internet, because that's what the internet is for. Uh, people saying it was a bit buggy on the PC, it was a bit buggy on the Xbox, because it's an Xbox Live game that's finally come to the PC... Well, it's a hugely ambitious Xbox Live game when it came out. Um, it, it looked almost like a full AAA release to me. I, I played the demo, uh, and to be fair, the PC version is early access. It's not finished, you know. That so you need a, you need a controller, don't you? Uh, I think the, I think the uh, keyboard and mouse controls were released this week. I've not had a go with them, and I'm going to stick with the controller. So even though it's even though it's had these gripes and people are moaning about the lack of this and the lack of that, I found it to be a brilliant game, absolutely brilliant game. Is this like Daisy or is it is it? A, it's a different it's like the very best bits of the Walking Dead TV series where they're right. they're trying to get through Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying to get through the day of being survivors in a zombie apocalypse, and there's no tedious infighting or bullshit with uh, telephones and stuff. Um, it's just the practicalities of existing after a zombie apocalypse. Cool. Uh, the world is reasonably sized. It's probably half the size of Liberty City, maybe, uh, but it's it's open fields. There's a couple of towns some hamlets um, and the basic concept is you've got a central base and you go out and get stuff uh, you explore the local town or the local yeah I think it's supposed to be a town 
Um, you can meet you meet other survivors. There's different types of zombies that will appear, and you have to go and help other people kill them. People will go missing. Back at your central base, people will go crazy. I've had a person just shoot themselves in the head. <laughs> I've had somebody else who I've had to go for a walk and shoot in the head. <coughs> they're being, oh my god! They're being, because they're being disruptive within the group of people that you have at your base. The key part with these people is once you you can swap between some of the characters and you can do the different missions as different characters and you can bring other people with you to help you do those missions. But if one of these characters die on the mission, that's it. They're gone. Permadick. Permadick. Fucking permadick. Permadeath is, is very good. It, it stops you from running in and going, oh, it's, I'll just respawn him and he can come back and do it again. There's yeah, I'm a big fan, of, big fan of permadeath. There's certainly been times where I've been looking at a building thinking, I probably want some of the resources in there, but there's a fuckload of zombies, I'll come back later. Instead of just charging in and doing what you'd normally do, you, it makes you stop and think about if you want to potentially lose the person you're playing as. Um, an element of um, real time going on in this game, I heard, um, where like stuff is going on in the simulation when yeah. you're away from it. I kind of like that because some MMOs do that. Eve did it for its skill system. Um, mm. And I like the idea that, that the game exists when I'm not there. Mm. Once I've spotted that it does that, I was starting to worry that, fuck, I have to play this game every minute of every day or I'm gonna, <laughs> everybody's going to die. <laughs> but they've thought about this, which is quite nice. Uh, and it, once you stop playing the game, it carries on in real time for a, a couple of hours and then the real time dramatically slows down. So perhaps for a couple of hours after you finish playing the game, the game logic will continue, although it doesn't really, it just continues the next time you start it. Um, but then it starts slowing down, and so if you don't play it for two weeks, you won't have, the game won't have played two weeks without you, which I think is really good. It's like but, a reverse rest state, you know, in yeah, MMO I, sort of thing. I don't. I understand why games do have the "you've got to be here to make a difference" thing, but I, I don't. I can't be asked with that anymore. I, I want to. It's nice to go and have dinner or put, go out with my wife and come back, and the people I've got, I've sent out to get resources have come back with the resources. Mm. Um, but everybody hasn't died from a plague at the base and stuff. Uh, it's got vehicles. The graphics. I have to mention the graphics. They're not amazing, but they do grow on you. Serviceable. They, I think they're above serviceable. Um, the combat as well, it's certainly not Batman combat. It's very mash buttons and people will do stuff. But that, it kind of feels alright when there's just a lot of zombies coming at you that you just press a button and hope it, you're going to be alright. You can do like you can like do finishing moves I think, can't you? And, yeah, there's yeah. a you can kick them in the head, and when if they're down on the ground, you can whack them with whatever your, whichever weapon you're using. Um, the weapon system is good. You can pick most stuff up, use it as a weapon. Um, the, the base has some management things where you can build a better shelter. You can expand the tool area. Um, so there's quite a lot going on. It's not just running around looking for resources like DayZ. There is some level of uh, overview management going on. Um, and I found Sam. the characters to be good. 
the areas to be good. I found a crashed plane a couple of days ago that was just a bit chilling. Um, and I, it's only 15, it's 15 quid on, or 15 pounds on Steam at the moment. <clears throat> and I'd really recommend it, even just for a dip in and out early is access it, game. It's it's extremely playable. Is uh, did I hear co-ops coming? For it? No, that's on the forums. That's the one thing everybody's saying. My God, make it co-op. But mm. they can't make this version of the game co-op. Uh, network code needs to be added, kind of from the off. Otherwise, it's not. You can't retrofit that kind of stuff. And they've said for for that reason, it's it, this one is only ever going to be single player. Oh, that's I do wonder if, if a co-op would change the feeling of the game, because it's yeah. nice to be just one person doing everything, while other mm. people are doing their own stuff, but not having to rely on them or to have to interact with them. There's a, there's a lot more freedom to do what you want when you want to do it. I think DayZ will provide. Yeah, I was about to say the, that. the kind of co-op experience in a zombie world that I think most people would want. And this, it would just be a zombie MMO, I think, if other, if you had other people doing this at the same time, or it would be Dead Island, which kind of worked, but yeah. Um, but I, I would recommend it. It's fifteen quid. It, it's extremely playable. Give it a look. I fully intend to at some point. Patrick, what have you been doing in VR? Uh, so I've been playing. Um, the Half-Life 2 VR mod, as I said before, like half, uh, Valve actually rolled out native support for, for Half-Life 2 and did a, a brilliant job of it. But there's also a, an additional mod made by um, a developer called Nathan Andrews and uh, one of the Oculus um, subreddit monitors uh, called Wormslayer. Uh, and they have basically worked in um, Razer Hydra controls. Oh, um, so you motion controls? Yeah, motion controls. Um, I mean, they they did a, a lot of other small tweaks as well. So the the movement speeds have been adjusted. They've been brought down so that running doesn't feel like you're going 60 miles an hour anymore. Uh, the, they adjusted the player height. Um, the game now on the on the loading screens, the, the game now just fades out and then fades back in again because when you when you sort of take away um, head tracking, which obviously a loading screen does, that's one of the things that triggers people's um, nausea. Triggers uh, simulation sickness. So, um, so yeah, little little bits like that. But the main thing is they they put one to one Razer Hydra in integration in it um, for both um, aim. So actually holding the gun, holding the Razer Hydra will place the gun at that that space in front of you, and also body tracking. So you can you can attach the other Hydra to you can put it in like a pocket or you can put it. So a lot of people put them in like bum bags and sort of strap them over their shoulder, and that actually means that when you physically crouch down, you will actually crouch down in the game, um, and it means you can sort of lean over ledges and sort of peer over them, and it's it's it like massively amps up the the kind of immersion because you're now tracking more of your body's movement rather than just your head movement, um, and they also move the they remove the main HUD and they've kind of placed it onto the guns. So you can actually just look, you can pull up your gun to your face um, and actually see how much bullets you've got and everything on, on the gun, which is really, really clever. Like, it's it's awesome. one, of the, one of the problems of kind of VR is that you've got to, you've got to deal with that HUD and really you want to kind of remove it or, or, or do it in a, in, a, in a clever way. Like, like 
for example, like Metro 2033 did a, a brilliant job of kind of placing the, the HUD in, in the actual world rather than it being something that's an, a laid over or is in, is in the corner of your eye all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's been really wicked, really impressed with that. Um, and also uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2, which is um, it's quite an old game. It came out in uh, October of 2012, I think. Um, uh, really well received. It's, it's like I, like I've said before. Like I never re- used to play these simulators before before the Rift, but they uh, they they work so well in it. Um, and yeah, basically, it's, it does sound really boring. I saw I saw some news stories this week saying that. Um, Euro Truck Simulator with the Rift is the next generation. It's ridiculous, though. But it sounds ridiculous, like driving driving down a motorway, um, not even all that fast. It doesn't sound like something you want to do. But it's it's an immensely kind of relaxing game to play. Um, it's like, available for five pounds on Steam at the moment. Yeah, it's, it went down on sale today. Actually, um, it's gone down sixty-six percent. Um, I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, you I'll joke. But I mean, it's got like a seventy-nine meta score. It's got like an eight point four user score. It's really, really well received. Um, I, I don't know. I, maybe I think it obviously has appeal outside of the Rift because there's there's only sort of thirty thousand of them out there, and they've, you know, there's a lot of people already playing it. Um, a, lot, I, a lot of serious games journalists have gone. I've got it and I love it. Yeah, it's and weird. I'm really it's, surprised and I'm it, embarrassed. But I'm awesome. really surprised and a bit embarrassed. But yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's like it's a very relaxing kind of experience. Like I, um, you, you basically start off in a, in, you choose a starting city. Um, and and, a, and you choose from a selection of actual trucks, and you can start off in like Austria, Belgium, Czech Republic, uh, France, Germany, Hungary, Italy, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Poland, Slovakia, Switzerland, or the UK. Um, they fully so, mapped it all out. All the roads are there. Um, they, I mean, they've 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 been a little bit creative with with the scenery. I mean, it's it's really it's, a lot of it's very beautiful and it's it's really well done. But I mean, like. For example, like driving along the M25, there's like sunflowers fields and windmills and stuff, which I'm pretty sure aren't there. But mm-hmm. it's um, like, I mean, I, I, last night I did, um, I started driving from Bern to, to Switzerland because um, it was a, a journey I did when I was about 10 years old. Uh, on a holiday, and we we sort of drove that way, just to see if it was if it looked like it. And it does really, really remind me of 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 a journey I did 20 years ago, just driving past these beautiful lakes and mountains and through these tunnels and uh, oh, right. so numerous. The, sorry. So the scenery is it's not just sunflowers in every country. It's oh just... no 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 no. Okay, great. No, um, they uh, they obviously didn't have models for Little Chef and. Uh, for good reason. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like, you start off and you sort of do these sort of quick jobs where you, you, you know, you've just got to deliver some meat or something to to someone who's sort of ten minutes around the corner. But it, then it moves We've up all to like, like that, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done those those jobs. There's this screenshot going... I can see where there's a truck with like some kind of vehicle on the back of it, and it doesn't look like it's going to make it into the tunnel. <laughs> That's the thrill of Euro Truck Simulator. Yeah, Do you have yeah. to worry Will about it, clearance? Oh, well, I haven't experienced that yet, but I don't think so. I, no. I don't think there's a you. I don't think you can. You can crash horrifically in it, though. And I've, <laughs> I've done many, many times. Because um, you can. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's how you're meant to play the game, but I've caused some pretty horrific pile-ups in it. Were um, you crashing because you were busy looking around with the thing? Yeah. No, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was looking at the inside of my truck and going, oh, look instrument. at that. Look at the <laughs> look at the mirrors over there and look at the, the um. I'm I've like, got a bed in the back and yeah. bang, just like hit, just killed loads of families. Um, but yeah, like I think the way you're meant to play it is like you, you you move up and you get you actually have these kind of like five or six hour long journeys. I think even longer than that, where you're literally driving across Europe to to but you don't you have know, to do deliver to clogs or something. Time, you? you can no, you can pause out and you can do do it sort of five ten minutes at a time if you like. Um, but like yeah, it does have it, do, it definitely has an appeal to kind of play for sort of half an hour. Or, or an hour at a time because it's it is really relaxing. It, it's weird. I, I I never kind of figured myself to to be a person that plays games that relax them, but I, I guess I I guess now I am. Does it support um, the steering wheel that you bought? It does. Yes. Wow. Um, awesome. It's um I've, I've completely amped up the the force feedback on it. So like you switch on the engine with a button on the the steering wheel and, and instantly like the wheel starts to kind of vibrate. Um, as if it as if it was a real truck, and um, I've also got like um, got like my little tactile transducer attached to the chair, so you kind of feel the engine um, revving and stuff like that. It, Have you got it an does... air horn hanging from the ceiling? Have I got what? Sorry, an air horn hanging from the ceiling. No, I need to get a little no. magic tree to hang off my uh, yeah. Oculus Rift as well. <laughs> uh, a little, little Alpine Fresh number. Um, yeah, like it's it's weird. It's I mean it's five pounds. On Steam, if if you think you ever wanted to write, drive a truck, which I didn't, um, it, it you know you may it may appeal to you just on the screen. If you've got an Oculus Rift dev kit, like it's five it's five pounds, just buy it. It's 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 one of the cool like native support games out there. Um, so yeah, that's that's really really cool. The other thing I've been playing is um, a game called Lunar Flight. Um, which is wicked. It's another um, another native support. Um, it's been out for a while now. I've actually been playing it a while. They've rolled out a couple of updates, um, which have been um, largely kind of graphical, I think. Um, but it's really, really cool. It basically, it's a, a modern take on the classic Atari arcade game, Lunalander. I don't know if either of you played that. I, I remember playing on the Spectrum or something. Like back when I was a rings kid. a bell, um, Probably but they've they've done it like in the in the form of a simulator. Um, so you've got this kind of you're in this 80s lunar lunar lander, and you've got this cool uh, 80s synth soundtrack, uh, and you're just kind of yeah, just hovering on these like moon bases, these lunar bases on on the moon, um, and you can kind of look all the way around the cockpit. You've got all these different screens um, and and like computers inside there, which you can you know you can you can play with them. You can move through different um, external cameras um, and sort of different points on the map, and you basically just move from one base to the other. And again, it's like it, it's um, it's a very relaxing experience, mainly with this one because you're having to concentrate so hard. It's, it's quite difficult. Um, it took me a week or two to kind of get get to grips with the controls, and you have to. As it drives so differently from like a, any any vehicle that you know you're used to driving in real life or or even in a in a computer game, um, the, the way it reacts with obviously the the moon's gravity and stuff is something you have to get used to, but it's it's really really good. Like I've I've really loved playing it, and and everyone I've put through I've, I've let tried it out as as um, has really enjoyed it as well. It's um 
yeah, it, it kind of, I think it kind of played into, I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s, and in the 80s, every every kid wanted to be an astronaut, and you are literally sitting there in your astronaut gear, holding a virtual Xbox controller, Xbox controller <laughs> which is how you're playing the game, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in this, this um, all this, don't, all this cool... Don't look it. it was a Thrustmaster for many years in many moments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I broke so many of those back in the day. Um, but, yeah, like... Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed playing that. It's um, it's a very, very cool VR experience, and uh, again, it's a no-brainer. If you've got if you've got the Oculus Rift Dev Kit, you need to buy that game. Um, it's it's again, it's not very expensive. I don't know how much it's on Steam at the moment, but it's um, it's definitely one to to pick up. Cool. Uh, it's seven quid on Steam at the moment. Seven quid. Yeah, no-brainer. Get on it. Ian, you've been playing a couple of MMOs. I yeah, think. every once in a while, I think. Uh, I want to go back and play an MMO again. Uh, I've got Secret World that I'm dipping in and out of, which I enjoy sometimes. Um, but this weekend, or last weekend, uh, I gave Terra another go and gave up at the same point I gave up previously. Uh, and then I went back to EverQuest 2 because it's free to play and there's been a lot of talk about EverQuest Next recently and I didn't even get past the first section of the first <laughs> after you spawn. My point with both of these is there is a gap in the MMO market for somebody who wants to dip in and out but feel like that they're having a good time. WoW used to be like that. Um, it may still be like that, but it's, it's, it's WoW and people want something new. And I wonder if anybody has any ideas of an MMO that's going to do that in the next 12 months. Elder Scrolls maybe... I well, think that's going to be more long form, to be honest. You're, <clears throat> you're going to get on the levelling treadmill in that and not want to stop. Yeah, World Star, maybe. It's but like an FPS, isn't it? Uh, it's it's like, uh, from what I've seen, it's like a sci-fi WoW, but it's not a WoW clone. It just looks like a sci-fi WoW, um, mm. which might be good. Gameplay certainly looks smooth and fun. Uh, Black Forest is the other one. Is that the the Japanese one that's in? Alpha at the moment. Uh, anybody seen that? No, I haven't. haven't I've heard, heard of, that. of that. Yeah. There's some mad videos on YouTube of every a lot of people sitting around with large-breasted women fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's well, what you need to know these days. Um, sounds great. I just think though, with like a dip in and out experience, can't doesn't like won't something like Titanfall do that? Or are you thinking more of like the uh, escaping? Go on. Less of a Twitch thing. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly enjoy the Twitch games, and I'll probably play them until I can't move my arthritic hands anymore. <laughs> but something that can be like uh, like Galaxy used to be, the Star Wars Galaxy's first MMO, or the Old Republic was for a while, or WoW was, where a group of people can come together once or twice a week, play it for a few hours, have a great time, pick it up a few days later and do it again and not feel like they're being left behind in the grind and everybody else is moving forward. Um, I wonder if the days of an MMO like that, like WoW was, we certainly, I think all of us played WoW at some point, is there anything coming that's going to do it, or, or have those days gone? What about um, Defiance? Yeah, I've got Defiance. Defiance isn't it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Slightly, slightly different animal, but um, Star Citizen is the one I'm interested in. Which is yeah, a completely yeah. different angle, but 
I, th I think that's probably the thing that's going to be it. Elite Dangerous may have similar kind of vibe going on. There's there's a lot of those um, space sims coming out next year. Is, so Elite Dangerous is is that got an MMO? It it's it doesn't have an MMO. It's not going to be an MMO, but you can invite your friends into your universe, I believe. Yeah. So there could be a game dump universe where just people we know and who aren't going to be dicks, mm. or who are going to be dicks, but we think that's all right. The non-dick universe. Yeah. Um, can get in and do their own thing. And that, that, I think, will be the ideal, really. Yeah. So it's a shared experience, but only shared with people that you trust and fairly certain aren't going to steal everything from you. Yeah. Hopefully. I think that will be the next MMO-like thing that I play, to be honest. Because I'm not still juries out about Elder Scrolls. But yeah, I love that idea with of Elite, but with actual other players. I mean, they've been wanting that game for ages. I was so glad it made its uh, Kickstarter go. Mm. I wasn't surprised at all that it did, though. It's... Um... It was close, man, because they did that over Christmas, and I remember like I was keeping an eye on it all over Christmas, and they oh they they only just got in there. I I know that was that someone would have always raised the money, I guess, but you mm. know they would have done it, but it just didn't didn't seem like the runaway success that Star Citizen did. No, well, the Star Citizen's up to like twenty four million now, I think. But that's been over a number of revenue yeah. streams, and they're they're still you know they're still. Um, you know they're still raising funds by allowing those, these kind of early access um, purchases where you can you can build you can buy a hangar and a and a ship. So people keep buying it, or mm. effectively the the access to it, despite it not being out there yet. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, all you can do is walk around the hangar and get inside your ship and walk around it, and that's it. But you know, it's it's I guess it, it's got such an appeal that people are willing to do that. I mean, I'm I I was willing to do it. I I wanted to have a look at it, so. Well, and the fact that they're keeping the crowdfunding open, that will do it, I suppose. Yeah. All the while yeah. doing more and more like PR and that. Uh, I saw a trailer the other week for it that looked incredible. Was that the kind of fake advert for the uh, one of the ships? Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that was running at 4K apparently. They are still doing. Sorry, to, they are going. They are still doing funding for Elite. So you can still go to the website and pledge. Oh, okay. Which is good. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, Neverwinter as a casual MMO. I've played that to about level 22, and it's it's quite reasonable actually for a f free to play. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd probably recommend it. It would be a good game for your mates to, to play with your mates. Um, the dungeon instances are quite cool. The, the bits of the world to get between them are good fun. The graphics look really great. Which is a bit surprising, considering it's it's their engine, mm. the more updated version of it. Um, I think it's a necessity that uh, any game that you're kind of talking about is going to have to be free, you know, free to play. Yeah, I mean the the free to play and play to win and pay to or pay to win and pay to dress up your character like a ninja or some shit. Yeah. Um, that that's probably another conversation, but. You'll certainly get more people in if it's free to play. Well, I think that kind of uh, pay model is going to appeal to a more casual player anyway. You know, those kind of superficial, you know, just pay to have that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with the, the pay to be dressed like a purple ninja, um, but it, it has, the game has to be valuable without that. Yeah. 
Um, the Old Republic says it's free to play, but it's free to play if you want to walk like a tortoise and have three credits in the bank. And there's a whole list of things that you need to pay, be paying money to get any value out of it. Uh, Lord of the Rings Online was one of the first to go free to play, and that is quite reasonably free to play. You could play the entire game or most of it without paying a penny. Um, it'll be good when that kind of thing becomes people settle on what works and stop trying to force free to play into well you can load the game but you won't be able to go anywhere. They really screwed up Star Wars with that apparently. I, d I haven't played it since they did that. But I played it a few weeks ago and it, it's, it's okay but it's very quiet. Really very quiet. I've just landed on this uh, Age of Wushu. Have you seen this Patrick? I've heard of it, yeah. It looks very um, kung fu. It looks a bit um, Jade Empire. Jade Empire, that's the one, yeah. Awesome. They're, they're, still, they're still talking of possibly making a, a sequel to that. Yeah, well, I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> I think they're fully entrenched in next-gen versions of Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Yeah. Life. Not that it's really the Bioware that it used to be anyway. Oh, the good old days, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they've left now. The guys that run it, I'm sure. I'm sure, like, there's still like, I'm sure it's still Bioware. I'm sure they're still capable of making some good games. But anyway, digressing massively. Um, was there any more MMOs that we were going to talk about? I don't think so. No. Okay. I just wanted to quickly mention, finally, uh, wrapping up is yeah, Deus Ex on my phone. Just the idea of Deus Ex on my phone is amazing. But yeah, it's it's very difficult to play on a screen that small. One good thing about it, and I found that this out tonight on the way home, was uh, when I was playing it, a lot of the buttons for uh, for fire and stuff, they're like they're arranged like just exactly where you would want to be turning. But you can actually rearrange the uh, the UI, which I thought was very cool. That's mm. good. Yeah, so you can move buttons out of the way of where your thumbs would be, and also instead you can double tap uh, rather than having to have one thumb moving you as well as like uh, turning. Um, so they've it seems like they've gone to extreme lengths to sort of solve the usual problems that come with trying to you know play a full on. 3D game on a touch screen, a small touch screen as well. I mean, ideally, this game will probably work a lot better on an iPad, to be fair, because um, you've got less, you know, your thumbs are covering less of the screen. But, I mean, in terms of production values, the voice acting's a bit dodgy, uh, and there's a lower poly count on the on the characters as well. But, um, yeah, it seems pretty good. I'm going to carry on with it. Does it feel like Deus Ex? It doesn't feel yeah, like absolutely. Like, you double tap on a piece of cover, you lock to it, you know, you cruise along the side of it, pop out, fire off some shots. I mean, you can lock onto targets, and they, like I say, they've they've gone to some lengths to um to make up for the shortcomings of not having proper controls. Um, it's five pounds, I think, on the App Store. I I don't know if it's on Android or not. I don't have an Android. I just I finished Plants vs Zombies, see, so I needed a new fix. I'd been meaning to play it for ages since it came out, but it was five pounds. So I thought I'll wait till I've got not much else to play on my phone. Do you guys play on your phones much? Not so much as they used to. Um, yeah, no, I, I, only play, lot, but... I only play reading Reddit on my phone, really. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. The Facebook grind is a. Uh... Yes. 
Yeah, well, I, I was playing Deus Ex. That's the thing about playing games on your phone. I'm playing Deus Ex, like this massively complex 3D game. And I've got Patrick going, uh, are you guys going to be around at 8? <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, whoa, oh, I'm playing Deus Ex and stuff. But it's like, not ideal, but it's a phone after all. Okay, uh, that's all we got time for this week. Where can people get hold of you guys? I'm on Twitter as uh, Patrick J-K-A-Y. I'm on Twitter as Fat Man Dumping. And uh, you can get me on at Bobby Rocker on Twitter, uh, B-O-B-I-R-O-K-A. You can uh, email us at gamedumpcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with all of us on Twitter at gamedumpcast. Join our uh, Facebook group. Give us a like at facebook.com slash gamedumpcast. And uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you can. Until next time, see ya. See ya. Bye. <laughs> you coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.